Hello and welcome to A Thousand Wise. I'm Fang Rei. For those of you who are fans of theater or classical music, you may find going to the opera an elegant and royal experience. But what if I were to tell you that here in China there is also a traditional type of opera, so exquisite that even the royal court of the Qing Dynasty couldn't get enough of it. Of ready guest, our protagonist for today is the famous Peking Opera. Having been inscribed on the UNESCO's list of cultural heritage more than a decade ago, Peking Opera has become an unforgettable spectacle for many people around the globe. And for many, when it comes to Peking Opera performances, the highlights are things like unique tones of singing. Colorful facial makeup and flamboyant costumes, which are all salient features of this beautiful type of art. Actually, Peking Opera is one of many traditional Chinese operas, yet it's considered the cultural quintessence of China. You might be wondering. What makes Peking Opera stand out among so many kinds of Chinese operas? Before I get to that, let's first travel back 200 years ago. You'll find the birth and growth of one of China's greatest cultural relics. The story started at the end of the 18th century in China during the Qing Dynasty, when the four great Anhui troops, namely four opera troops. Which were already well known from their local opera performances in southern China, they traveled all the way up north and entered Beijing to celebrate the 80th birthday of the Emperor Qianlong. They brought their most popular music and operas to the capital city, and it wasn't long before these fresh melodies from southern part of the country gained massive popularity among their northern audiences. In the meantime. This had encouraged many local folk opera artists to join their troops, and with many types of local operas from all over China mixing together, the early shape of Peking opera took form. Just like fans chasing after their favorite bands or stars nowadays, Peking opera used to have such a fan base from the Qing court and royal families back in those years as well. These royal audiences didn't hesitate to give generous rewards to their favorite troops or singers. Seeing that business was booming, the troops were motivated and produced new plays more frequently. At the same time, many folk troops entered the public eye, bringing the royal favorites to the common audiences at much cheaper prices. After all, who didn't want to keep up with the tide? Unlike Western operas that tend to depict realistic sceneries on the stage, Peking opera often uses very little props to narrate a story. 
Some even consider this the embodiment of the implicit and introvert character of the Chinese people. But in fact, the more practical reason was that the less the props, the easier it was to sit up and remove from the stage. Just pack up and go. With movable sets and scenes, their troops were able to move more flexibly between theaters or performing venues or even between cities. And since then, their performances and all the elements that came along were gradually acknowledged nationwide, and later on became the most dominant Chinese opera. So, thanks to support from the royal courts and its own ability to adapt and create. Peking Opera was able to attract the widest number of audiences, and still remains popular across China today. Now, you might be wondering, why is it called the Peking Opera, if it did not originate from Beijing? Well, although the main body of it was borrowed from elsewhere, you cannot deny that Beijing is where it was born. Not to mention that most stories are sung and recited using primarily Beijing dialect. Technically speaking, Peking opera is more like a combination of the characteristics and highlights of many other Chinese traditional operas in general. By doing that, Peking opera is no longer just for folk opera lovers in Beijing, but also for fans from all across China. Listeners of Kunshu, one of the oldest forms of Chinese opera that dominated the Chinese theater from the 16th to the 18th centuries, or lovers of Qingqiang, a genre of folk music opera originated in Shanxi province of central China in the early 18th century, could all discover a trace of their own favorite folk opera styles when listening to Peking opera. Now, so much for the history. Let's turn on the lights and appreciate Peking opera from a real stage. As we mentioned earlier, the most eye-catching aspects of the Peking opera performance is the bright colors, which first and foremost of the costumes, with exquisite embroidery, vivid patterns, and rich colors. The costumes reveal a sense of luxury and beauty. That enhances the artistic visual effects enjoyed by the audience. And apart from the gorgeous gowns and headgear, the faces of the actors are also painted with rich colors. The traditional facial makeup of Peking opera uses symbols and patterns to portray the personalities and social identities of the characters. For example, each color represents a certain type of characteristic. Red symbolizes loyalty. Black signifies honesty and frankness, or sometimes abruptness and impertinence. The color white stands for cattiness and cunningness. When it comes to the singing part, however, Peking opera introduces its own innovations in a more solid way. The librettos are usually composed according to the strict set of rules that prize form and rhyme, and the tunes and beats could also change swiftly, as led by the development of the plots. Maybe for beginners, 
all different tones of singing are more or less the same. But as a matter of fact, peak and opera performers tend to strive for individualized singing styles. Some of you might have heard about Mei Lanfang, who was and still is one of the legends of peak and opera from early to mid 20th century. Clear in pronunciation and rich in emotion, Master Mei's tune of singing is loved by many. That he later created the Mei style, that is still sung and performed by apprentices nowadays. Now that you've had a general idea of Peking opera, you may have learned why it is the quintessence of Chinese culture. If you're interested in this performing art, simply search for it on your music app and listen to an area to give it a try. If you would like to hear more about Peking opera or any other kinds of traditional opera styles and performing arts in China, please feel free to leave a message down below to let us know. With that, we wrap up this episode of A Thousand Wise. I'm Hongrei. See you next time.